Hi, I'm Dawn Callahan. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer of Boingo Wireless. No matter what you're doing, you don't have to wait for someone to empower you. Tapping into your strength, your uniqueness, your conviction, that is empowering. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Well, most of my episodes tend to focus on the tech aspect. I occasionally like to do an episode that more directly addresses the other aspect of this podcast, which is, of course, women in tech. So, Don, we'll be talking about how you found yourself working in the telecom industry, as well as some of your perspectives on the role of women within it. It's great that we're not using me to talk about anything technical, Catherine. I'm just going to say that right at the top. Exactly. That's why this works out so beautifully. So my first question for you, though, is the one that I ask everyone, regardless of what they're here to talk about. And that's what is an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? Uh, it's, um, it's a very interesting question. And I will say that my first reaction is, would a dude ever be asked how being a man has empowered him in some way? Um, I don't know. I think as women, we're often up against this kind of subtle underlying belief somehow that being a woman makes you, I don't know, inherently less powerful. And I, I guess that's just a narrative I don't buy. Um, I mean, yes, I find my seat at the table empowering for sure. I definitely find that it's a privilege. Um, and I would, I would encourage every woman to, you know, train your eye on the biggest, highest table, pull up a chair. Uh, if, if one is not there, just stand at the table um, if that's what you're after. But I also am a really big believer that, that titles, and leadership, I, I, they're just, they're mutually exclusive ideas, in my opinion. So like, I don't think having a title necessarily makes you a leader. And I've seen this time and time again, over my career. I mean, I, I think, I think leaders can't help themselves. It doesn't matter if you are a coordinator, or a manager, even if you don't manage a team. Um, it doesn't matter if you're like a volunteer at a nonprofit or a church, leaders lead because they cannot help themselves. So I'd say so. What, no matter what you're doing, uh, you don't have to wait for someone to empower you. Um, tapping into your strength, your uniqueness, your convictions, um, and your voice like that is that is empowering. I like um, your subtle critique of my headlining question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean that. I, I appreciate that that critique of it because when I wanted to do this podcast, this was a challenge that I had because I completely yeah. agree with you that, and we're going to talk about this more later on, yeah. the, on this episode, but that when you ask a woman a woman-specific question, you are inherently... I don't want to say you're not devaluing her, but you are now putting her gender as if it's the most important thing about her. And, right, yeah. and I wanted to make a podcast and this is why I talk mostly about technology on this podcast is I wanted to make a podcast that has women on it, but it's mm -hmm. for everyone to listen to. Of course. And there's of course. knowledge for everyone. And it's just a, 
these women talking about technology. That that's yeah. what was important for me. I think that's that's real. It's very real. I mean, even you know, we've got uh, uh, an ERG at Boingo called Boingo Women. And or, you know, some of the things that we've talked about that are that, you know, I think we're going to probably talk about today are, you know, sort of women focused. And part of me says that it irritates me. For example, it irritates me that there has to be a Women's History Month. It irritates me Mm -hmm. that 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 has to exist in the world. But it does. And so the fact of the matter is that um, we, we do not we're not at a place where we have equality with with men yet in terms of what we're being paid, in terms of. Um, the amount of work that women are expected to do at home while also managing a career. It's just, we we know that to be unequal. So I think the question is fair. And you know, I also think like there's a natural bristling that perhaps happens um, because it, it also, it, it makes me upset that we have to ask the question, right? So right. yeah, I think it's, I think, but I think it's fair. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, my cat is having a, mo- a moment. Your cat wants to be on the podcast bad. Having a breakdown. I don't know if you can hear him. <laughs> so how did you find yourself working in the cable telecom industry in the first place? Uh, it's a great question. I will try to make this as, it's such a long tail, Catherine, but I'll try to make it as short as possible, which is, so I was working as a writer, producer, director, um, I was working actually for a cable company that had a production studio. And uh, one day the the GM of this company uh, basically called a meeting for everyone in the company. And he announced that of the 40 divisions, we were one of the 40 divisions, of those 40 divisions, our division had ranked last, dead last in terms of customer service and that we needed to fix it. And if anyone had any ideas to let him know. So I, of course, being a total, you know, weirdo overachiever, I went back to my office and typed up this memo and gave him some ideas that I thought that how, you know, at least from a production lens that we could perhaps improve customer service that way. So two weeks later, he calls me into his office and he tells me that I was the only person who gave him any ideas, including his management team. And he asked me if I wanted to be in charge of service quality improvement. And I was like, oh, no, 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 thank you. I, I'm a creative person. Uh, I, I definitely don't want to do service quality. That's not me, but, um, you know, thank you so much. And he asked me what I made. Uh, and he said, and I told him at the time I was making $25,000 a year, which I thought was pretty much all the money in the whole wide world. And he offered me $5,000 more a year to try it out. And without going into the whole long tail, we ended up doing some very cool, innovative things. Uh, long story short, we ended up going from last place in the company to first place in about a year. I absolutely love the job. And then our marketing person at the company left and my boss then asked me to take that job. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I am a service quality person. That is what I do. And he's like, oh, my God, Don. Okay, I will give you $5,000 extra to take the marketing job and do it for six months. And if you hate it, I'll give your old job back. So basically, it's obviously apparent to anyone here listening that I could be bought for $5,000. But I took the job. And I absolutely loved that job in a way that was kind of resonant because it made me able to combine my creativity with everything I'd learned on the business side. I ended up going back to school to my MBA. Then I joined Time Warner Cable. I ended up eventually running marketing for the Western region, worked there for 10 years. And then I left 14 years ago to join Boingo when it was a startup. So I have been with Boingo uh, really forever and feels like now in a, in, in a good way. Um, I joined pre-IPO, 
um, and then you know have seen the company go from you know startup to IPO and uh, and now going back private again. So it's been it's been quite a run. I mean, like you said, leaders are going to lead no matter what they're right. doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very cool. That's a fun story. Um, so my next question actually kind of goes back to what we started talking about already. Mm-hmm. Because in 2016, 2017, and 2018, you were named one of the top 100 most powerful women in cable. And prior to that, Woman of the Year by Women in Cable and Telecommunications. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you very much. But I also wanted to take a step back and ask you what you think the impact of awards and programs like these that are specifically for women, mm-hmm. what that impact is on women in, in this industry. And, you know, I know you've been recognized in many non-gendered ways as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't to say that women are only recognized in this way. But do you think that this really increases the visibility of women in the industry? Are there other ways we should actually be recognizing the contribution that they're making in tech? Um, it's a great question. And yeah, I actually, it's, it's funny because you, based on my original answer to your first question, you would think that I'm really not a fan of these kinds of programs, but I actually am. Um, because I think we, as an industry, we have a lot of work to do. I mean, this industry, even my own company, you know, there's, um, it's very tech and engineering forward. And um, because of that, you know, there's a lot of guys who work at the company. And so I think that, uh, and, and frankly, that's been sort of the, my situation for the last, you know, 25 years that I've worked in, in cable and telecom in, in one form or fashion. So I, I think the industry has a lot of work to do to continue um, to elevate women, to inspire women. And so I think, I, I do think these kinds of programs can very much do that. Um, I think it encourages the next generation of women when they see, you know, people uh, who are out there. It's certainly, you know, it, it's funny. I tell the story sometimes of uh, there's a woman who's now sort of become a friend of mine who was the CMO of Nike. And I didn't know what a CMO was. I had no idea. And, they, and I was like, what is a CMO? And they said, oh, that's the chief marketing officer of a company. And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. I want to do that someday. And that's um, just by just by simply understanding that that role was out there, that that's that was a was a something to be in the world, ended up really forming why I ended up saying like that's that's what I want to be. I want to be a CMO of a public company one day. That's what I want to do. Um, so I, I I think these kinds of things, uh, anything that does that, are, are are great. And frankly, the other thing I would say is. Um, uh, Women in Cable ha- has a great program that I was very, very fortunate to be a part of. It's called the Betsy Magnus Leadership Institute or BMLI. And what this is, is this is a program exclusively within the cable industry where they invite 25 uh, female executives each year to take part in a very intense leadership program. It's, it's a year long. Um, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of work. Um, but it definitely helped shape the leader I am today. It also gave me this incredible network of women who were in my class with me that I call on all the time. I was in this program almost 15 years ago, and I still to this day have deep, deep relationships and deep networking with uh, the women that were in my program. I've, and I can call them anytime to bounce ideas off them. If I run into a sticky situation where I need, let's say, an outside opinion, I can't talk to someone at work about it. They are, you know, always all ears and 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 have been very, very helpful in mentoring me along my career. Um, and I would not have had that opportunity. And I guarantee you, I would not be in the role that I am today without without 
um, having being part of this program, um, that that the cable industry said there is a need for this. We have to develop executive talent, and this is one way we're going to do it. So. I think women should be recognized everywhere. It might be a public awards program, um, like we talked about. That it, it, that's things like internally during staff meetings, um, speak, making sure people are speakers at top industry events, quoted, you know, quoted in articles everywhere. So the more that we can do that, I, I think, um, and add our voices um, to the kinds of things that are where we're speakers and quoted and that sort of thing. I think those are those are all very very important pieces of the of the pie. In your role as CMO. How do you work to make yourself available to other women who might be struggling to find a place for themselves in this industry? Is this an important thing for management to try to do? I'm going to assume based off our conversation that you're going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm going to say yes. I Mentoring is absolutely one of my favorite things to do in my role. I, I love it. Um, and not only do I love it, but I, I do think that it is not it's, an, it's not only an important thing for management to do, but it is necessary. Like it is a part of your job. And I say this to my team all the time, which is my job is to uh, give you everything that you're going to need in your role to move on. Like that is my job. My job is to help you move wherever you want to go, whether it's, it's, it's in this company or in the next company. My job is to get you ready to, to do that. That's part of my job. So um, I think... For me, I think one of the benefits of having, you know, 25 years of experience managing and leading people is that you can start to see when people have potential and runway long before they do. They don't see it yet. And I think that in turn, uh, you know, it allows you to believe in them perhaps, you know, before they've quite believed in themselves, um, which is it's fun to see people kind of finally understand that they really have this potential and have this runway. So um, as an example, there's a, there's a woman that we hired back when I was at Time Warner to be the marketing coordinator on our team. And I knew in her interview that she was special. I just, it's one of those things I was like, Oh, she is got it. She's going places. And, you know, she took on the job at the marketing coordinator. She excelled in it. It goes back to that idea that we talked about before, Catherine, is like leaders can't help themselves. They just lead no matter where they are, no matter what their title says. Um, and, and she went on to grow her career. We, she ended up joining me when I left Time Warner to go over to Boingo. She uh, came over to Boingo and helped um, run marketing while we were there. She eventually became vice president of our fastest growing, most profitable business unit. And, and watching her go from coordinator to vice president, um, it, it is as thrilling to me as anything else I do. And so I, I love it. I think there's, there's honestly, it's a, there's a great power in feeling seen and having someone in your corner. So I think making sure women, especially, uh, you know, those when you're in a situation where you're working in an environment where women are a minority, when they know that they're seen, when they when they know their work is respected and valued, I think that can make truly a monumental di- difference in, in people's lives and in their careers. And so I, I definitely encourage all leaders to take that step and, and really invest in, in their folks. My last question for you, and I know you said you're not technical, but I, I, th- <laughs> I, think, I, yeah. I think you can handle this one. Okay, great. Since this is a tech podcast, I just thought that my listeners might be interested to know what some of the trends are that that Boingo is kind of keeping their eye on right now. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, the thing about marketing and marketers is 
what's interesting is we actually have to know everything about the technology, but I like to say, I, I know just enough to make myself dangerous essentially. But, and so, um, and so I can definitely tell you the story about the kinds of things that we're interested in, because that's essentially what we are as, as marketers is, is helping to tell the story to different audiences. So at Boingo for sure, uh, you know, 5G and private networks are something that definitely continue to excite us. We're, Big advocates of convergence. So um, I know most of your listeners will know what that means, but essentially how we think of it is kind of unifying a combination of digital solutions into a single managed system. And we think, you know, that that 5G really the promise of it gets delivered with a bunch of new use cases when when you do that kind of convergence. So um, think of things like if you've got or want, let's say, IoT sensors on a factory floor. That's CBRS and private LTE are great options. Um, that's going to basically ensure both security and data visibility. Um, we also think about things like if you want to manage connectivity for employees or guests, that's where Wi-Fi 6 or 6E can introduce gigabit speeds for enterprise. So we see a lot of opportunities. I think, frankly, huge opportunities in transportation, in healthcare, in manufacturing industries, and then obviously as well as how 5G and private networks are going to shape stuff that we do around smart cities. So obviously most people know that we, Boingo, are involved in a lot of big, uh, big locations. We call it large locations, large venues like airports. So um, in the transportation industry, airports are already leveraging 5G tech um, to streamline the passenger experience with uh, biometric devices and, and sort of real-time situational analysis. So we're already doing proof of concept stuff here as well as rolling out things uh, like making processes that travelers have to go through more safe and efficient um, to to very much focus on a touchless uh, airport experience, which is really, really important uh, amid COVID-19. So that might be anything from passenger flow predictions to um, runway monitoring. Uh, we're doing a lot of, um, we're doing some stuff right now with baggage tracking and other 5G powered solutions. Um, that's, I think, some stuff that's going to be very, very interesting for, for transportation. Um, I mean, thinking about cities, um, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that happens with 5G in terms of uh, new connected applications. So those, everything from autonomous public transportation, smart parking, payment processing, smart lighting, um, you know, water, waste management, smart school buildings, which obviously, you know, more than ever COVID has brought to light how important that is. So I think um, whether that's healthcare, manufacturing, smart city, transportation, um, these applications are possible because of the its strengths of 5G, and they're. But honestly, we believe that they're going to require more than 5G alone. We think that that's where convergence comes into play. So, you know, that includes private networks over CBRS as well as Wi-Fi 6. And I think when these things are combined and converged with 5G, I think that's when we're going to see some real magic happening. Okay, great. That sounds like a whole lot going on for Boingo. <laughs> For sure. So, Don, thank you so much for this. This was a really enjoyable conversation. Catherine, this was so great, and thanks for asking me to be a part of it. Well, Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. Today's show was produced and edited by me, Catherine Speglia.